Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Snapshot, episode 38. I'm Brennan Patrick, joined always by Marvel Snap Phenom, KM Best. KM, how has your past couple weeks been in Marvel Snap? We've had to sort of truncate the episodes a bit, skip a bit of the news, skip our days in Marvel Snap, um, because we had Glenn on last week, which was fantastic. I mean, what an amazing conversation we had with Glenn. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's on our YouTube channel. Cam also spoke to him in further detail on his channel, so check that out. Um, And I just want to say thank you to Glenn once again, because it was phenomenal. But anyway, Cam, your past couple weeks in Marvel Snap, how has it been, man? uh i've been climbing yeah i I, that's pretty much what i've been doing a lot of ladder a lot less conquests i try not to actually think about what rank i am but instead think about just going positive every day Mm -hmm. uh started at about 9600 snap points i'm currently at about 10.3 so that's just solid upward trajectory i'm just happy about that just going upwards it's not the largest climb content creators have made but also i started a lot higher and the climb gets harder the higher you are Mm -hmm. because of the way matchmaking works uh you end up just getting super punished when you lose to people who are far below you like if i play someone who doesn't have a rank next to their name uh i will lose twice as much as i gain Mm -hmm. from playing them um and for the record, if you don't have a rank next to your name in the matchmaking screen, it just means you're below uh, rank 5000. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know I, I know Dara, for example, climbed from like 7K snap points to like close to where I am. I know Dexter climbed from like 7K snap points to like top 500. So I think I get the sense that like it's a lot more elastic in that range. Like if you came in in the sevens or whatever, you can probably get to like the nine five range pretty reasonably over the course of a season if you just have a good season. But going a lot higher than that, it does require like, all right, you just got to have like a 66 percent win rate against all these people. Uh, I do think that it highlights some of the issues with matchmaking Mm -hmm. uh, and with, you know, the system they've chosen. But I think a lot of people, not all of them, because there are a lot of valid criticisms of the matchmaking system of the MMR that they've created. But a decent amount of people are just using it to cope. Uh, A decent amount of people are taking those criticisms and saying, oh, that's why I can't climb. Mm. And I don't really think that's. But I do think that there are some people who are legitimately hurt by this, who like just, you know, weren't grinding or whatever or weren't playing or whatever but one of the things that actually like outside of that one of the things that really struck me is new accounts place very high Mm -hmm. not like i know people are gonna think i'm talking about dara's smurf i'm not i saw in the main marvel snap discord a guy who'd been playing for seven days get placed in the top like 800 Mm -hmm. and like what 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 possible situation creates that like how how like I, you're probably beating some people. I get it. But a lot of what that person is playing is almost certainly bots. And I don't understand how that constitutes having like 8K snap points. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And that's that's something that really strikes me as weird. Yeah, so why, because it's like, why does that happen? Well, how is that possible? You know, yeah, that, like, how is that possible? Something is actually wrong. I just don't think it's what people think it is. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, so that has been happening for a while, actually. It just wasn't as on the surface because there wasn't a ranked leaderboard. But for yeah. instance, I, I actually have an anecdotal experience of this. So when um in the first couple seasons of Marvel Snap, when your rank was egregiously high, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it was displayed as that because your infinite rank was like six hundred, that was back when I used to play against you and I get I get secure against you. It was uncommon, yeah. but I actually did. As the seasons progressed, I did not because I played more games. It seemed like when my count was younger and I had sort of had that first or second infinite, right? Season one and season yeah. two. I actually played against you. I played against a human spider all the time. Um, but then yeah. as I played more, I guess it happened less. I don't. Right. So I don't know what's going on there, to be honest. That's like what I think is happening is that. Up to a certain point, I think they're counting bots as real people. Mm. Like up to a certain point and i i don't know what point that is but it's very it's very weird because like post infinite right what what i think is happening is the optimal strategy for like spiking rank one Mm -hmm. is get into body low get your account to infinite farming the bots Mm -hmm. never play a game in infinite and then do that every month and then eventually you'll just have like this insane win rate that will get you like top 10 immediately as soon as you get there. Right. And that seems uh, bad. <laughs> I would say that's bad. Yes. That uh, as someone, is exploitable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That seems exploitable. Uh, as someone who has spent the last few days, like hard grinding in the top 50 to climb upwards, it seems bad to me that, that someone could just do what, what I'm talking about. It's uh, it's interesting. I wonder if there's any sort of um, dynamic K values in terms of how much you would win or lo- lose uh, based there, off there your is. rank. Is it based off rank no, or is it like, based off your opponent, so, like the differential? Because like when I say K the value, the newer your account is, yes. the newer your account is, the more you can shift. Right, the more <sighs> you're, the less locked in you are. Oh, so TLSG had a screenshot of him losing like 200 snap points on a game on his like very new account, right? And it's like the, the newer your account is, the more dynamic you can be. And it's it's just I that's very odd. It all strikes me as very odd. And I do think there are definitely some things they need to iron out here. Mm-hmm. That said, uh, I do think most people over time will end up where they're supposed to be. Yeah, I just want to explain to the audience who might not know what um what a K value is and how it relates. It's uh it's not actually the differential of rank because obviously there's a dynamic value that's being um you know plus or minus based off the the difference in rank between you and your opponent, right? Like Cam said, he loses someone that's far below his rank, he'll lose more than if he lost someone that's close. But a K value is actually related to in this range of plus and minus, how much could you possibly lose? So when I say about a sort of uh, that changing over time or that changing based off your rank, it was like, okay, if you're at a low, if your account is newer, the K value is plus or minus 200. Like you could actually lose 200 points if you face the lowest possible opponent and you could actually win 200 Mm -hmm. if you face the highest rank. But what KM is alluding to is as your account matures more, that K value shrinks, right? The possible losing points, I'm using hypothetical values, right? Is actually shrinking so that you lose, you lose less and gain less you know so there's less of this sort of drastic changes which is which is interesting the system has a better idea yeah. of how good you are yeah which is <laughs> um like it is it is super weird right because I, I one of the things that i see a lot of suggestions are like really terrible right mm-hmm. like just start everyone at the same points and it's like you realize that'll just mean that i play pool two players right like that's terrible don't do that oh <laughs> like First of all, don't do that anyway. They shouldn't. I don't know. I, I guess they have to in order to maintain the the 
integrity of infinite but like oh my god mm -hmm. uh and the second one is like i i i think basically what their strategy should be here is just wait because if, if like people are as good as they say they are over some amount of time they will end up where they're supposed to be right like i also think though like fundamentally they need to uh reduce the gap between the top players and everyone else mm -hmm. a lot like i had i went 30 and 9 yesterday mm -hmm. yeah i went from 17 to 14 if i went 30 and 9 from rank 17 in basically any other game i would be significantly higher than gaining three mm -hmm. ranks yeah the weird thing about marvel snap ladder and how it relates to that right you talk about going 30 and 9 is how I guess elastic the matchmaking parameters are right because yes. you you are facing just like generic infinite people, which is way different from facing you know the rank ten guy, the rank one hundred uh, guy or girl that is. Um, I'm facing a lot of hundreds, but like every so often, it's just like oh, there's no rank after their name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could lose fifty points on this if I get if I if I do badly here. Well, let me ask you from uh, from a high level, because we haven't really, you know, this is our first time touching about leaderboards. In terms of an endgame loop, because I think that was one of my complaints about Marvel Snap is Conquest matured a bit. It was like, you know, it was great to have Conquest, but that loop that kept you coming back, playing every day, it, it didn't feel like it was totally there for me. And I was like, okay, a leaderboard might fill that void. How do you feel like the yeah. leaderboard has done in regards to that? I know you're a content creator, right? So there's also a different angle because you're, you know, you're definitely in invested in pushing up the rank and you know it feeds back into content but overall for like the generic player model snap how do you feel the leaderboard fits in, ter in terms of the the end game loop something to do after infinite is it fulfilling um is it a fulfilling need, a good system yes but they need to make it more attainable mm -hmm. so i think that it hella sucks that it takes this long to climb basically no matter who you are uh, I think they need to make it easier to gain ranks and, you know, by by converse, easier to lose them. Right. Because I think right now, if you're in if you're like rank one, you could probably just never play. Right. <laughs> like, it's a lot harder to climb than it is to do Because, like, again, you have to maintain like this super high win rate. You're more likely to go down when you're rank one than you are to get to rank one. Mm -hmm. Right. It's why it hasn't really moved all that much. Like I, it started at like 10.6 K and now it's around like 10.8, 10.9. It's like, it's why it's why rank one hasn't really moved all that much. Is they don't have to. And I think that's probably a bad thing. I think the fact that it takes so long for someone who started at 6.5 K or whatever to climb up to like somewhere really high, like even the fact that people can do it, which does sort of disprove some amount of the cope, right? Like, People like Dara and Dexter who started around like 7K that are now above nine, right? Like they are also playing a ton, right? And Dara especially is just hard grinding. And they like it is possible, but I think the amount of work required to quote unquote fix your ELO is not necessarily, you know, what is necessary. What I will say, uh, there is one complete bullshit complaint that I wanted to call out. And it's, oh, I won, but I lost ranks. Fuck you. Shut up. You gained SP. <laughs> like, like uh, the people who are like, oh, I won, but I lost ranks. Yeah, that'll happen because it means other people around you won or more likely early in infinite. Other people are coming into infinite. Mm. Like, just like that, if you I, don't I play, that. you could go down to ranks. Yes. Yeah. 
yes it's like people i think what happened was a bunch of people got to infinite early and then just thought that rank would hold for some mm. reason yeah. Like a bunch of people got to infinite early and they're like, ah, oh, that that is the accurate representation of my skill. And then when more people show up and it turns out you're actually in the middle of the bell curve for everything except getting there fast, it feels bad. But I yeah, I don't know, man. I I see a lot of there are a lot of actual issues with the system, I feel like, but most of the ones that seem to get, you know, daylight in the discourse seem to be uh cope. I guess. Yeah. Do you think that uh, Second Dinner knowingly released a very, or, you know, somewhat to very imperfect system just to get it out there, get data, and then tune no it idea. and fix it over time? I have no idea. Uh, that would be in keeping with their balance philosophy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, it is that, true. And it's I not think- even a joke. Like, it would be in keeping with their balance philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't necessarily, uh, like, it's it's fine. If they just make it so the gap between rank 100 and rank one is like 300 points instead of like at, right now, I'm pretty sure the gap is well over a thousand points mm-hmm. between rank 100 and rank one. And like it's even as someone like people talk about me like, oh, I'm a bot farmer, right? I did a bunch of bot farming. That's why I started as high as I, I did. But like I started a thousand points behind rank one. <laughs> I started a full thousand points behind rank one. And then at that point, I was like, yeah, I ended up being like 32 on the first day or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And the gap between rank 32 and rank one should probably not be a thousand points when you're getting like at most 25 for an eight cuber game. Seems pretty bad. Yeah. And I think that's probably how a lot of people lower down feel. But honestly, lower down, it feels so much more dynamic because you're not getting as punished for pair downs. Right. Mm. Lower down, like you actually see a lot of even gains. Right. Like you'll get you'll get like even gains for wins and losses. So all you really have to do is just go positive and you'll end up climbing upwards. And it's only at the top end where you end up getting super punished on those pair downs and that's where that dynamic k value or at least an adjusted system that could correct uh could sort of accurately account for the right amount of k value to assign to matches at the higher end of the ladder versus at the Mm -hmm. sort of median to lower end that's where that would come into play is it would sort of it would mediate that system because one of the things you want to avoid in a ranked system is to make a high rank you know maybe rank one is too much, but you know, top ten, top fifty look unattainable because that makes it unfun and disincentivizes people. Yeah, right? you want it to be attainable. Done but hard. Yeah, yeah, I think they've done that, and that's the issue, right? Like there are people for whom they just simply won't play enough to even come close, mm-hmm. and that is tough. They 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 put not enough weight on skill; they put too much weight on time played, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that you can get out of that remains true. Right. If you're the the better you are, the less you need to grind. Sure. But there's a certain point at which it doesn't matter how good you are. Like you still it's still going to take you a while. Mm -hmm. And that's the issue. Right. It's like running a marathon, except a bunch of people got a head start. Mm. And that'll just make people not want to participate in the system. Sure. Even if they could fix their MMR, it's like, why the fuck do I have to do this work? Mm -hmm. Why do I have to do this work in KM? gets to start at 9.6. Why do I have to do this work and the human spider gets to start at rank 10.6, right? Like, there is some amount of that, no matter who you are, unless you're literally, you know, the human spider or a Tien of second dinner 
or uh, one of those people who just started at like rank one, two, three, that that, yeah. that range when you're just above 10,000 at the start of the season. Yeah, I do think so. I, Go ahead. I hope they reset this system in some way. Uh, I, not necessarily like a full MMR reset. I think that's pretty dumb. But just when they do their little MMR renormalization, do it such that there are not thousand point leads. <laughs> that would be that would be ideal. Yeah, I, I think it's hard for me to it's hard for me to parse this because I think a lot of it is a lot of the people complaining about this stuff are people who were never going to be top 100 or top whatever anyway. Mm -hmm. But. There are people who would have been who are going to be hurt by this. Yeah, I, I think that there there is a cope aspect, like you said, but the one thing that is like a sort of a pervasive argument that will always come through when you talk about a rank system when in regards to Marvel Snap and now that we have a leaderboard is just the competitive integrity of bots and how they've sort of muddied that um that vision. Dude, right? why did it one of the things that's really fucking with me right now is we see how many players this game has. We see how much money it's making. Why did we need the bots in the first place? Yeah, I understand. The, I understand the philosophy of bots, right? I understand the function of bots, but there is a. The, I think that you need to look at bots uh, and nuance with with nuance, right? So if you if you take the fundamental, which is we want fast cues, we want it to apply to this sort of player, you know, keep them close to fifty percent at first, so loop them in, etc. It's like all of that totally fine in terms of game design um, and even ethically, it's fine. But as you just as you let that system sort of. I don't know, extend into the this 1% or 0.01% of players that is playing at the top end and you have the same system applied to them, it just breaks. It doesn't work at it all. It sucks. And it pisses people off. And it's, it's It pisses me off. I've had very limited FaceTime with devs, but in the limited FaceTime that I've been able to have, the first question I asked was, can you get rid of these bots? <laughs> like, like it's just impossible. Cause like, I, this is when I was like, you know, beginning—not necessarily beginning as a content creator, but it's like I'm trying to make content here. Yeah. And before there was a way for me to like know how good my like I couldn't play people. The whole testing team that I have, the entire reason I have that testing team of all these good players that I talk with and and theorycraft with, is so I could play people. That was the whole point. If you go back in my YouTube videos, there's a bunch of videos of me playing against like Get Wrecked and Lambie and like like it's entirely because the only place I could reliably play people is if I organized it myself, because otherwise I was just going to be playing a bunch of bots and I wouldn't be able to actually know anything. Mm -hmm. And it's. Looking at how many players are in infinite. It actually entirely fucks me up because it's like how much was it well, again? You was it five hundred thousand or something? The, I don't know how many players, but like if you have this many players in Infinite, yeah. why the fuck was I playing bots at all ever? It was it's a crazy amount. I remember that. I remember it's like it's way more than you think in terms of Infinite. It's so much more than you think. And it's like why was I? Why did I have to deal with that in the first place? Why was that something that was in the game at all? There. Yeah, I don't get it. I think it's because it it looks like a very logical easy fix to us and even if it is um i think second dinner is focused on making the game functional and balanced for the middle of the bell curve the majority of players rather than because i mean the, even if infinite is i mean it 
there is a lot more players in Infinite than you think. It is still the extreme outlier of Marvel Snap players. So I think that they're just not really focused on, you know, perfecting that experience. My critique of that, though, is that all of their content creators, or most of them, a lot of their content creators, which would serve as a primary form of marketing for the game. It is. That's what content creators do display the the sort of malfunctions in that system which is for me i mm-hmm. think that would be an, it, like an incentive to fix that because especially when it because we've been having this conversation for a year to be honest but back in the day when it was really bad like when you were playing monobots and almost all the creators were it's like that was just a bad look for the game like that was a terrible look yep. for the game and i think that that was that that is a motivator enough not to balance the game around the top players but at least to make the experience a little bit better so that you know your your, yeah. top, your content creators aren't displaying this sort of bastardized version of the game which is what it what it was i mean playing only like bots. i used i used to think like okay well they just don't have enough people that's fine but it's become abundantly clear that they totally have enough people mm. like they, they absolutely have enough people what are we doing here you guys are making more money than hearthstone what are we doing here i remember like cam i remember i just have to bring up this youtube comment from a while ago because we talked about like them um some monetization stuff they were doing and things that they weren't fixing etc and a youtube comment was like uh how, how i mean how can you assume they're profitable with like the ip and all this stuff? i was like dude there is like i just it blew my mind i actually i had to rethink it because i was like you know i actually don't know if they're profitable i don't know if they're making money i mean um, i i'm sure they have to pay out the ass i'm sure for that ip but they, i'm sure they do they were doing well like marvel yeah. snap is doing is doing well um i don't know it's just it i you just brought me back to that moment where it was just like if someone pitched to me that they were barely breaking even and weren't gonna make it and i was like i just don't think that's the case of a second i don't dinner. think that's the case either <laughs> cam i want to ask you in terms of um you know actually playing these these hiring games on ladder you know grinding for these ranks uh, how is the actual match by match experience? Do, does it feel competitive? Does it feel rewarding? Is it frustrating? Just just talk to me a little bit about that game loop. I think fundamentally, Conquest is a better competitive mode, but Ladder is Marvel Snap. Mm-hmm. Like Ladder is the experience that the game promises you. Conquest is for the DGens, right? Ladder is like when Marvel Snap launched, the game was just a big play button. Mm-hmm. And like there were two, sorry, there was two buttons. One one was a play button. The other one was give us your money. Right. And that is a really efficient business model. I feel like. Yes. But the. I, I, I there is something to a Marvel Snap game where it's just like, all right, this one's going to be over. I can learn from it and then move on and just play a large amount of games over a large amount of time and just keep it moving. And I think there's something that I enjoy about that, uh, as opposed to as someone who has, you know, vague executive dysfunction. It's very I I like being able to move on quickly. Mm -hmm. And that's the experience. Like it's called Marvel Snap, not Marvel 20 minutes. Right. Like they like fundamentally, I think ladder is the experience the game promises you on the box, while Conquest is a better test of your uh, skill, probably. Oh, in the aggregate. I will say, though, in the aggregate, assuming they didn't fuck up ladder, <laughs> like if there was an actually like balanced ladder system that allowed people to climb upwards, I would expect the competition level to be a lot higher at the top end of ladder. I mean, I still do. I think 
expect the competition level at the top end of ladder to be higher just because you know mmr matters Mm -hmm. and in conquest especially in infinite conquest it's not really a thing but i i it's a little bit it's a little bit interesting because like i'll go into conquest and i'll play worse players than i am on ladder but it'll be not necessarily harder but it's a it's a harder game mode Mm. but against probably worse players Mm -hmm. and that's a really interesting uh sort of dynamic i feel like to have because you'd think the harder game mode that's where all the good the good players go right but not necessarily because you're getting matched based on not mmr so you could just be playing you know a guy right and that's it's sort of an odd dynamic that i never really thought about too much yeah, talk to me about the dichotomy between Conquest and Ladder now that the leaderboard is out. Like like we talked about, I mean, Conquest was sort of held up on this pedestal prior to leaderboard coming out as like, this is what the content creators play. This is the higher expression of skill. Everybody plays Conquest, Ladder. Well, it's because there were no bots. Ladder was also busted, yeah, because there's bots. Yeah. But now that there's a leaderboard, is this like the primary game mode, do you uh-huh. think, for a lot of players? What about, I mean, I forget, forget a lot of players, uh, for, your, for yourself. Do you, do you think this is going to be your primary game mode moving forward? Maybe. I think I, I just I have so many infinite border avatars that I'm just like, all right, I mean, yeah. I could do conquest, but like, I don't know. Like, I don't really know. Um, I enjoy it a little bit more, probably. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I think, long term, just a lot higher stress. So hopefully I'll be able to find a balance uh, because I think fundamentally ladder systems are designed to, you know, they they, they're designed to make you keep playing. And some of the things that they some of the pieces of your humanity that they use to make you keep playing are not exactly pieces of your humanity you want to feed uh, a lot of the time. So especially I find that true for myself where like a lot of the things that keep me playing ladder are just negative emotions rather than positive ones. So I think probably at some point I will likely, you know, pull back on that. Yeah. Um, But for now it's like a new exciting thing and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're grinding for basically rank one at this point. How is that? I don't think it's going to happen. How is that experience though? Mentally the up and down? Is it, uh, are you finding that the, in aggregate, the experience is fun and you're enjoying it or is it mentally taxing you to a point where it's like, it's just frustrating, you know, maybe frustrating and mentally draining. It's been really enjoyable, but also I've been running really hot and playing really good decks, Mm -hmm. right? Like I would, I could go check my stats right now. In fact, I will go check my stats right now. Here, we're gonna play. We're gonna play. Guess my rank. Guess my win rate. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want you to guess my win rate over the last seven days with Loki. Um, sixty three percent. Sixty five point six. Like it's it's also it's a good deck, but also I'm running very well, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, I haven't had a lot of super frustrating, terrible days yet. I'm sure I will. Like, that's just how it goes. Right. Um, and so my opinion on this, I'm going to I'm going to reserve judgment until I have a really bad latter day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, OK, well, I guess that, I mean, that kind of concludes our 
sort of breakdown of ladder. I mean, they, yep, fi- they finally over, came baby. out with it. We're out of here. Yeah, they, podcast's over. <laughs> we're t- we're done. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, I I wondered how long it would take. I mean, I'm happy that it finally came out. Obviously, that there could be some tweaks into the system, but overall, it's just good to have an additional way to play the game. And uh, I think that this feeds into the end game loop, which I felt like Marvel Snap was honestly lacking a lot of because this idea that you come and play marvel snap and do missions i mean that loops like the the weird kind of like plus ev like lizard brain kind of person that logs on tries to like accumulate credits even though they're not playing the game i have a lot of friends like that so i point that out but then also Mm -hmm. with like the conquest end game was like like you said like after you have two maybe even one infinite order it's like yeah, I could go yeah. through that experience, but it's kind of just like a, it's kind of like a chore unless you're optimizing your deck for a specific reason, like you want to go play this other tournament. Or uh, for yeah. me, I just didn't get enough enjoyment out of conquest in a vacuum. That I was like, I just want to grind this every day. Um, obviously, yeah. I'm not creating content out of it. All right, Cam, I want to go over some of the uh, the news, the cards that came out. We had to skip the the OTAs and all of that recently because um, we had Glenn on. But first off, let's just let's just go from the top. I mean, it's Loki. It's Loki came out three five on reveal. Place your hand with cards from your opponent's starting deck. Give them minus one cost. I mean, this is the card of Marvel Snap right now. Uh, yep. Do you think it's card in the game? Do you think it's fundamentally too powerful? Yep, I do. How would you fix it? Is it uh, to- you know you know you know what's you know what's really fucking with me though mm-hmm. is a lot of the stats websites say it's mid. Yeah, I know, and I just have I just have no idea how that's possible. Like, I have no idea how that's possible. Like, I, I, I'm usually someone who's like, you know, I'm I'm willing to be like, all right, look, maybe I'm wrong about this. Mm-hmm. But every time I play any other deck, it's terrible. And every time I play Loki, I just win a lot. And I understand, you know, I'm one person. I will never have a sample size of the level of those that data. But I, I am, I'm going to plant my flag here. And I'm going to say the numbers are wrong. Mm. And this deck is the best deck in the game at high levels of play. And it's not even close. Man, what could what could account for that sort of uh, uh, that outlier in the data? If if incorrect, is it is it maybe accessibility through the season pass rather when a, you know, a card drop is more targeted? People have to really want that card where the season pass card is kind of bought by default by a lot of players. I would think that the honest answer is skill diff mm-hmm. like loki get is a deck that scales with your understanding of what you're playing against makes sense yeah. it scales with your ability to play your opponent's cards and it scales with you understanding how to win your bad matchups which basically means what you do when you don't loki mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people play bad versions of the deck and a lot of people play the deck itself badly and think of it as like an autopilot deck. And I, yeah, I don't really have an explanation for it, but I, I'm planning my flag. I'm saying I'm right and the numbers are wrong. And this is the best deck in the game. And I, again, like it's one of those things, right? Like I have no idea what it is that's causing this, but. I genuinely have not found another deck that's even close mm. in terms of matchup spread. Just not even close. How do you pl- how do you counter Loki? Do you just play like cause the fu- the funny thing is Cerebro three? Yeah, C three. The funny 
my favorite thing about Loki is when the card was first released and you saw the ability, it was like, hmm, how do I counter this? Do I just play a shit deck? Because <laughs> my opponent's yeah. going to get my answer is yes. Like, yes. <laughs> the answer is just actually yes, right? Like Cerebro 3, there are certain matchups. I can tell you how to counter Loki from how I play, how, how I have to play against certain decks, right? Mm-hmm. Cerebro 3 playing Loki is actually just terrible in that matchup. So that's one really good place to start, right? Uh... So, so there's a lot of people who are like, all right, I play wave against like this is actually one of the things that makes me think it's a skill diff issue with Loki, because there are a lot of people that honestly believe wave beats Loki and it absolutely fucking does not. This right. Is like the bouncing if they Loki on four. You die every single time you are dead. You are absolutely fucking dead. They play your entire deck onto the board and then you play a wave and you fucking die. Right. And but the fact that so many people believe that makes me feel like there are a bunch of people who are playing Loki that don't understand that. Mm. And, and so that like that, that's one of the things that like really, really, really gets me there. It's like, yeah, you can, like this is also like the fact that there are people who are playing Nick Fury, unplayable card. Don't play Nick Fury and Loki. The people that are playing Moon Girl don't play like the, and the reason for that is specifically those wave matchups. You can't go turn five Loki if you want to beat the wave decks, which are also everywhere. And when you play a turn four card generator, that says you want to go turn five Loki. You can't do that, right? And like there are there's just a bunch of a bunch of stuff like that where it's just like, why are people doing that? But I will say like Evo decks uh, can often force you to a 50 50. Usually the best way for them to do that is something along the lines of like a storm lane and then a Hulk, right? Mm -hmm. Evo decks can force you into 50-50s very, very, very well. Uh, if you don't have the collector in the storm lane, and you know you shouldn't because they'll be able to pick the storm lane after you've played collector, Evo decks can really force you into 50-50s. That's that's how they're actually supposed to beat you. Mm. Uh, is just just force you into a 50-50 where like the Hulk or Eliath or whatever is gigantic, and they just like get your ass right. Mm. But other than that, it's like, boy, I really don't know if this yeah. makes any sense as a, as a Loki counter strategy. Other Loki counter strategies, Cerebro 3, legitimately good into Loki. Hella Tribunal fell off because if you're relying on Invisible Woman stuff, you get mad clowned. And it's also because the, all the Loki decks are running Cosmo now, or they should be. If you're not running Cosmo and Loki, you're probably throwing. If they, are, there's, they also took a lot of splash damage from Eliath. Mm-hmm. because the Eliath just eats the Hela or the Tribunal or what have you. And so it's it's a little bit of an awkward uh, deck to play. So I think Hela Tribunal fell off a pretty decent amount after that. But Destroy is another deck where I have to think really hard about my snaps, mm-hmm. because if I snap a Loki and then get a bunch of like Carnages and Deathlocks and unplayable garbage, Destroy has the ability to give you just a hand that completely fucking sucks. Uh, but on the other hand, if you get like null death, uh, you never lose. But you can't snap before the Loki in those destroy matchups, because if you do snap before the Loki and then get a bunch of garbage, they're going to farm you. Mm-hmm. So there there's a but there's a lot like there's a lot of like decks that can give the deck problems. It's just I at this point am familiar enough with how to approach those matchups. Right. Like, oh, it's Shuri. Right. The Shuri Sauron deck can give you problems, but what you really again, like it's the same thing you focus on every time is like, all right, can I flip a Red Skull lane? The actual most problematic thing that deck does is like Shuri Vision, because that just puts you into a situation where you have to play for three lanes 
and they can only play for two lanes. Mm-hmm. That one's really scary. But like the, the like a lot of just like the Red Skull stuff is like, all right, well, I'm just going to see if I can go taller in that lane than you and then flip the Red Skull lane and then win. Right. And like that, like that you can actually accomplish that goal. And there, like there's also like with Cosmo in the deck, you can Cosmo their Taskmaster. Right. Like there's some stuff that works in that matchup. But again, you have to know all this stuff. Right. Yeah. I feel like most people playing that matchup don't know or think about any of the stuff I just said. And then just like get rolled when they turn five Loki into uh, a bunch of like weird, unplayable garbage. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think I have a hot take after what you said about Wave. So just drawing a bit of a parallel to Wave back in the bounce meta. I think that a player's opinion on the impact of Wave in a lot of metas, maybe every meta, is the like the Turing test of Marvel Snap. <laughs> 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 oh my god because i remember uh, no I, like i'm I mean, that, that sucks man i'm like the biggest wave fan you know yeah, i know <laughs> but this 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 idea that wave is like so disruptive to some of these strategies especially when i mean ladder it's more disruptive mind you so you know a lot of people are playing ladder it's now. not though because like anyone who sees you play like a fucking misty night yeah. knows there's a wave yeah. like like at this point if someone plays like a misty night every move deck i expect a wave Every Haivo mm-hmm. uh, deck, I expect a wave. What are we? What are we talking about here? Like, what deck are you catching off guard when? Like, again, it's just one of those things where it's like, are really? Like, are there really Loki players who are like, ah, they'll never wave me here, and then they get waved? Is that real? Yeah, they just they snap in for eight, and they're like, well, if they have the wave, they have the wave. It's just like nobody does that. <laughs> um, oh God. I love how I love calling it a Turing test too. It's just so it's it's mm. on brand with Marvel Snap. Um, all right, let's talk about Alioth a bit. So Alioth is a six five. Says unrevealed, destroy all enemy cards played here this turn, including unrevealed cards. Um, what were your thoughts on this card? You know, post release and maybe getting a chance to play with it a little bit. It's a good card. Good card. Um, I remain a little unconvinced that it actually makes a lot of the decks it's in better. <laughs> Because, like, I, I get it, but, like, when you look at the decks this card is seeing played in, uh, outside of Galactus, it definitely makes Galactus better. Without without question, mm-hmm. it makes the Galactus ramp whatever bullshit, whatever you want to call that deck. There are multiple builds of it, but if you're playing, like, Galactus and some other shit, it totally makes your deck better. Without question, for sure. Like, it took that deck from a deck only Johnson played to a deck a lot of people play, and it's good now. It is. Um, but I think a lot of people like, okay, you play it in like move wave, right? And it's like, okay, so you cut Chavez for that in your deck that's built around playing a specific card on turn five, right? And the same thing applies to Evo where it's like, what are we seriously about to play four, six drops in this deck? Like maybe, I don't know. But like this is one of the things that also like when you go look at the numbers, there's not actually a big distinction between like the high evos with Eliath and the high evos without Eliath. Mm -hmm. And it's like I I, outside of Galactus, where I think it very clearly makes the deck better, like significantly better. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know how much better it's making any of these decks in the aggregate over literally America Chavez. I know that's weird, but like I, I, I don't 
know how much better that option is compared to just literally doing the thing your deck wants to do. Yeah. I think Alioth is a uh, very adorable card as well. Like people just love doing that thing. So there, there's a bit of a, like a play bias towards it because it just feels so good to play. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the Thanos nerf? Th the Thanos nerf is like so controversial. By the way, this is the Soulstone nerf. Like there is so many comments. I mean, there's not so many. There's a few, right? Um, both on Twitter and on our interview with Glenn um, regarding this stone nerf. How do you feel about it? And do you think it was necessary? I think they drastically underestimated how big of a nerf it was. Mm -hmm. I think they were like, all right, let's tone him down a little bit. You still got the other stones. And what they ended up doing, what they ended up doing was killing him. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, like, I've tried to explain why this is such a big nerf. It's because Thanos wants to roll downhill. The whole point of the deck is rolling downhill, right? It's why the turn one mind stones are so powerful, right? Mm -hmm. The whole point of the deck is you go stone into stone into stone into stone into stone into stone into stone, getting all of these additional effects, mixing in other cards. And then you have eventually acquired uh, a, a situation where like your hand is super full. You have a ton of options, but you aren't sacrificing a ton of tempo on the board because you put a bunch of guys on the board. Even if they're minimal guys, you have like blue marble or whatever. They're suddenly actually impactful units, right? And when you stop that from happening, you are no longer rolling downhill. Like well, part people think Darkhawk was good against Thanos because it uh, was a really big guy. Darkhawk was good against Thanos because Rockslide made the deck go clunk. Yep. Right. That's why Darkhawk was good against Thanos, because like you draw a rock and it would just be like getting time walked. It was like you didn't even get a turn. Right. Like if you like and basically what they did, like this is why Power Stone is a complete ass in the deck. Right. They made uh, they put a rock in the deck. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what that's what Soul Stone is now. It's a rock. And just having just a Free clunk is just it. It's so damn bad. It's so 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 impossibly bad. Do you think? And uh, Thanos also got mega get gets like omega rolled by Loki, right? Because yeah. Thanos is a deck full of like powerful four and five cost cards, and then you you Loki, and then they you just like you like Quinjet Loki against Thanos gives you like a final turn that's like Claw Devil Dinosaur or some heinous bullshit like that, and it's just like oh well I die. Mm. <laughs> like it's. What well, do you think uh, Loki would have been played in a Thanos shell if the nerf had not happened? I think it would have eventually ended up here instead mm -hmm. because I think the Thanos shell ends up detrimental to Loki because of how much space it takes on the board. Yeah, I feel like uh, in talking about the upcoming release of Loki, we sort of theory crafted the deck pretty well in terms of like how it ended up. The big differences are... Uh, the addition of things like Snow Guard, like that was huge. And I don't deserve any credit for that. Yeah, I thought this card was going to be like a three out of five. I it's, thought, yeah, I, I thought this card was wrong. As I hell. saw this. I was like, I, th I thought it was going to be, but mostly because of because just the fundamental it was like it was like okay, you literally just copy your opponent's deck, reduce the cost. It's like, what does your opponent do? Just play a shit deck? Like, how do you beat that? Like, they're just playing your deck, but it's cheaper. That's ridiculous. Um, I think it, I think it, like. You, you think about because I, I think what got me is I think about it in the context of other games like this effect in magic kind of sucks, right? Mm. This effect in Hearthstone kind of sucks, but every Marvel snap deck does the same thing. Yeah, to a degree like be, because 
Like there are like you're like an aggro deck or whatever, and you get a bunch of like counter spells. That sucks, right? Mm-hmm. You don't that doesn't help you. But there's no differentiation there in Marvel Snap, right? There you are decks that do points. Every deck does points, yeah. right? And so that like that's what that's why I was off about this one, yeah. I think. Because I just look at this like, oh well, that kind of sucks. But there's there's such less differentiation between archetypes and decks in this game in terms of the base function of them. The base function of all these decks is do points. Yeah. I think the cost reductive cards in Marvel Snap have just, they haven't always flipped the game on its head, but they've always been super powerful. And most, I think a lot of time flipped the game on its head, like Zabu, uh, Sarah is just, Sarah is powerful, but has in the past been even more powerful in the meta. Um, and Mr. Negative. Yes. Well, well I think Mr. Ne- Negative is on the lower end, but obviously Mr. Negative and Beta was. Well, you, what? When he was a 4 4. Yeah, that, I mean. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> It's great. He this, a four four. This concept of playing cards, uh, you know, cost redu- reduced cards, playing them before they're supposed to come out is like so ridiculously powerful in Marvel Snap. Like if you nerf, if you buff a card by reducing its cost by one, like it's such a huge buff. And you do that to six cards in your hand, it's like, holy shit, we're rolling. We're rolling. We uh, are rolling. All right, Cam. Uh, I'm not gonna really cover anything else in regards to OTAs because, you know, it's all it's all it is what it is now in the game we'll get we'll get them sort of as they come moving forward but i do want to go to the mm-hmm. bend and snap section so this is from matthew okay. Brutman. um this was a comment on the podcast with glenn he said first of all great great episode love the inter- interview and insights definitely have glenn back i feel like i could have listened to several more hours of this he said i also pose a bend and snap that i'm sure i sent last week do you guys think a card that has an alternate win condition could exist in snap without ruining the game so this is a little bit alluding to our conversation with Glenn in regards to Galactus pre-nerf Galactus, how it was a bit of a alternate win condition. Do. Okay, yeah, don't, don't, don't what you say that already exists. Like, okay, you, like I know what they're getting at, right? They mm. want like a like a the cheese stands alone type. You win the game card, right? Mm. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a magic card. It's like if you control no other permanents or whatever, and it's got you got like one life. You Is win it the called game, right? the There's cheese much- stands alone. <laughs> It's it's from Unglued, okay, okay. Uh, one of their joke sets, and then they made it a real card called Baron Glory. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the cheese the cheese stands alone, uh, or like Battle of Wits or whatever, right? Like, uh, I do think there's room for that, but also I would argue that already exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Living Tribunal decks are doing that, like effectively, they're just doing that, right? Like, uh, Hella decks are doing that, Galactus decks are doing that. Like these are decks. I, I what they're asking is, do you ever think there's going to be a thing that wins in the way of like no, not having a like, a like winning something other than points, yeah. right? Yeah, like like is it going to be like that? But like, okay, probably not. Uh, but like you look at those archetypes that already exist, they operate like fundamentally they're still doing points, but they're operating entirely differently from every other deck that tries to do points, right? Mm-hmm. They're just like, I'm gonna do this thing. I'm going to this is my alternate win condition. I'm only attacking one lane and then I'm going to make that one lane the only lane that matters. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Galactus. That's Living Tribunal. Things like that. Right. And I so to some extent, I would say that already exists and I would not expect them to ever make a card that says you win the game on it mm-hmm. uh, or, or like an if then you win the game kind of card. I mm-hmm. would much expect them to do stay in the lane that they're currently in with Tribunal, Hella, things like that. 
So I actually completely agree with you. Um, and to reiterate on Matthew's question, I don't think they'll print something like uh, Thassa's Oracle from Magic the Gathering or anything like that. And, yeah. and that was reflecting what Glenn said to us um, and how sensitive sort of those boundaries can be in terms of like when someone queues up for Marvel Snap, it sounds like Second Dinner wants to do, give them an experience that is reflective of what that person is anticipating in terms of a game experience. One thing I do want to ask you though, KM, do you think they'll do you think they'll print the inverse? Do you think they'll print cards that will have if you if X conditions are met, you lose the game? Because that's different, right? That's different than if X uh, conditions you win the game. I wouldn't want to print a card like that. I, I think there's a lot more room to do that in magic where there are like hundreds of cards coming out every set. And you can make some cards for certain types of people who are like super spiky or whatever. Who are like, ah, oh, I know how to turn this disadvantage into an upside, right? And I think one of the things that Marvel Snap does well is there's not a lot of cards like that. There's not a lot of like, oh, this card hurts me and I can turn that into an upside, right? And the reason that's good is because it makes it easy to understand. When you see a card like that and you're a new player, your first thought is, well, how is that good? This sucks, right? And then when you're a better player, it becomes, all right, well, how do I extract value from this downside? How do I make this downside an upside, right? The only thing we really have that does that in this game is Sauron Shuri right now. Mm. Like Sauron Shuri zero archetype is the downside to upside archetype. But even then, the cards it plays are costed such that they're like kind of reasonable even outside of the context of that right there's nothing that's like uh you know like one of the things i see suggested sometimes is like uh a card that cannot be drawn hmm. and it uh like gives you negative two on like a location or whatever right and it's like well that card is not exciting for anybody except a pure spike who wants deck thinning and will pay for deck thing at any cost that's not an exciting design that sucks right it and so I think like that is something Marvel Snap has done really, really well is not do this like, here's a downside, make it an upside thing because it's one card a week. They need those cards to be exciting, not like marginal upgrades to consistency. Hmm. Yeah, I do. I, I think I'm on the what you describe as the spike side of it with like those are the cards that definitely they pique my interest like I like those uh, those cards that kind of flip the game on the head I mean Galactus is one of my favorite cards in Marvel Snap not for I don't I'm not preaching Galactus in terms of like I want you to like it too and you should like the experience like no it's zero sum fun I'll be having all of it but I like the refreshing experience <laughs> of the of, refreshing experience of playing Galactus and I get to play like some pseudo solitaire like Marches s kind of game yeah yeah you love yeah you get to play some solitaire the refreshing experience of yeah. solitaire it can be quite nice you know like I, it's a good respite from the the sort of point oriented game that can happen you know three lanes like Three lanes is too simple. Let's take it down to one lane. That's where the big yeah, a good, are. A good, a good respite from having to think about what your opponent does. <laughs> you have to think a lot about what your opponent does when you play Galactus. No, yeah, that's actually, I actually, I think a lot of good players love Galactus because it's just like there are three decisions every game and every one of them is a 50-50 read and good players, they, like, they love that shit. <laughs> like, like, they're like, it, it, like we talked about what the aggro deck is in Snap. It's yeah. actually Galactus. Well, it's Galactus. Galactus is the only, I think, one of the decks where it's like you get the 
most feedback from the game where it's like you're so smart or you're such a dumbass yes. <laughs> like, you literally yes. like reap what you sow immediately and if you want that experience yes. of like feel like feel because it's a bit of a fallacy and it's an illusion feeling like you're outsmarting your opponent mm -hmm. galactus is that deck like yes yeah uh, you get to feel so smart for winning coin flips. It's yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like it's so crazy. It's like like you win a coin flip, and you're just like, I read that. It's mm. like, no, you didn't. Um, Cam, I've go ahead. I was gonna say, like, I I, I kind of think I'm gonna start like actually flipping a coin on Galactus games, so I'm unreadable. Mm. <laughs> like, I have a legion. It can go one of two lanes. All right, I'm coin flipping this. I mean, we've all met that person, and, you know, I think I've actually been that person at one point. When someone brings up rock, paper, scissors, they're like, I'm fucking good at that game. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> like, some people believe that. I definitely do. Oh, um, shit. All right. Oh, yeah? All right, no, right now, rock, paper, scissors. There's no way with Discord no, right lag, now. you're going to feel right cheated. Now. You're going to feel cheated. Right now, we're doing it. I'm telling you, Discord lag is not going to happen. You count it down. Okay, we're, we're doing it. All we're right. doing it. It's going to do a go on shoot, all right? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You lost. Yeah. No. What? <laughs> this is what I had. Yes, yes. Watch the replay. I What's funny is like the people are going to watch the replay and they're going to see what I saw, which is your hand is onto the camera. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Run it back! No, 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 no! I broke the rock paper scissors meta. All right, my now you can't tell. No. I broke the meta. Oh, I'm no. really fucking good at this game. For people watching on YouTube, I'm gonna display what happened. It was like this, and he went. I had scissors the yeah, whole time. Yeah, I believe whatever you. that's worth. I believe you. But like, you should be playing I, I, I did not realize I was below the camera, but. That just means I have once again broken the meta. Just put your put your thing below the camera and then switch it at the end. Yes. <laughs> I'm really good at rock, paper, scissors. All right. Well, if you want to get your question read out on the bend and snap, um, just leave us a uh, comment on YouTube and we'll get it queued up. Thank you so much, Matthew, for your question. Um, and yeah, we'll get it queued up for next week. Make sure you, uh, you comment there on YouTube. I want to ask you one last question before we close out, Cam. Shoot. Um, just in terms of the impact of... Mobius and Mobius. The 2-3 that says ongoing your cards. Your cost cannot be increased. Your opponent's cost cannot be reduced. Do you think that this will have an impact on the meta? If so, how much? Yeah, it seems degenerate. Okay. <laughs> it's real degenerate. I don't know why they'd release this card a week after Ravona. Mm -hmm. It's like, aha, enjoy your Ravona. Already likely the worst of the, the four cards to be released for exactly one week before we destroy it forever by releasing Mobius M. Mobius. Uh, I feel like it took me an embarrassingly long time to realize that his middle name was also Mobius. Really? It. But do you not get that? Yeah, Mobius, like the Mobius strip, it's infinite. So, of course, it's Mobius, Mobius, Mobius. It's infinitely repeating, surely. Yeah, surely this is not the first time I've encountered the word Mobius. So, yeah. Yep, for sure. You don't know what a Mobius strip is? Mm -mm. <laughs> oh, we should put it up though. It's like, uh, there's like, it's a, uh, technically it's a real life infinite loop. Mm. Effectively. Interesting. I, don't, I am not good enough at math or physics to explain oh, what so it is. Oh, so it's a math ma mathematical infinite loop? No, it's like a real thing. It's, it's a, it's a infinitely repeating curve, right? Like, you know, the, the infinity symbol of like mm. an eight on its side. It's that with some twists in it. Yeah, I hate to go on a tangent. You've really never seen one of those. Mm -hmm. I hate to go on a tangent, but have you ever heard about the like the having paradox and and how it's an infinite loop, but obviously doesn't exist? It's like uh, an arrow traveling to a target. Like you can quantifiably have the distance as it progresses oh, towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but you can do that in, in infinity but uh, the, in real life yeah. the arrow reaches the target which is like doesn't make any sense yeah, yeah. what do you mean man how does that make I sense feel like that's like some like that's like I, I, it makes sense it's just uh you can infinitely you can infinitely split anything down that doesn't mean that it'll never reach the target i don't what doesn't make sense? Because if it reaches the target, then it's no longer halved, right? It's reached some endpoint. I'm right, like that, assuming that, that's the. We are reckoning with the concept of literal infinity. Yeah, here. I'm assuming that's which it's is reaching the the limit of like uh you know like in calculus, yeah. like, it's reaching the limit. Yes. Right? So there, that's yeah. like the the integer one. But is like, like the target. I, I think what we're really learning is that we live in a finite world. Mm. Like that would be that would be my takeaway there is that we live in a finite world. And while you can infinitely split that down to whatever infinitely small degree, unfortunately, in our finite world, it will, in fact, hit the target. Uh, is the answer to this question? No. Fuck you. Yeah, I know. You know, some, I solved it. some people, the best. some people really don't. I've had so many people be like, it's, they think that the answer to that question is so obvious. And if you think that, let me know what the answer is uh, in the YouTube comments below. I'll tell you, it's a bit of a, I, I, I mean, the answer to the question is obvious. It's, it's, a, bit, you. it's a bit of a litmus test. If you answer the question, <laughs> fuck your question. <laughs> I hate your question. Get out of here. I answered it properly. All right. Episode 38, probably going down in the history books is the most off rails we've ever gotten, but I digress. Yeah, we really, I, I really, this is probably the most F-bombs I've dropped in an episode. <laughs> I mean, it's appropriate when you're, when you're presented with a paradoxical question, I think. Um, anything else you want to close? like talking about Marvel Snap Ladder. Mm, anything else you want to close out with in regards to Snap Ladder, the meta, etc. Um, before we sort of go to our outro here? I kind of want to know how your experience has been. Dude, I'm just chilling. Like, like the thing is, you're, like, you're like, you were like in like the mid eights, right? Uh, seven eight range right yeah so the thing is is like i i used to be in an interesting spot in terms of elo so i i was actually at a point even when we were doing this podcast in the early days when my climb to infinite was actually very very hard like it was legitimately challenging and i would have to i would have to really try it it would take me like a week or two of actually like mental anguish and then that stopped because they tweaked something <laughs> or i finally mm -hmm. broke through <laughs> This fucking ELO hell that I no, was they, in. They, they, they did tweak something. Yeah, they tweaked. Like, this is why you see more people complaining about bots than just me now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I know this because, like, content creators that were not super high ELO are like, what the fuck is up with these bots? I've, I have taken the role of the bot explainer. Yeah. But, like, it, like, this is not a thing that most of them had to deal with before. I want to say the season that they changed Spider-Man is when this all happened it's like two seasons but ago maybe? it might have been yeah i was i want to say it was like two to three months ago but mm -hmm. time isn't real for me because i'm a full-time content creator i don't even know what day it is most of the yeah. time um but, but it, that they did change something on the back end for sure yeah. i think it was the first month we got reset to 73 you yeah. remember when they messed up yes. the reset yes the next month was when everyone got bought mm -hmm. yep it was uh yeah so Back in the day, so I was I was in a, what would be probably considered to be like a normal ELO bracket, and then I wouldn't grind it too much after that. Um, and yeah, that that stopped. And nowadays, basically, what, to answer your question, Cam, I'm in the I'm in the group of like, if I wanted to, I'm at the bracket where it's there's. It's unimpressive, and if I want to make it impressive, it would take so much fucking time that it's like, <laughs> it's just not, it's just not Where really. Where are you at? What's your number? Not your rank number, your SP number. I don't remember. I think it's around that eight or 
something. I don't know. I literally just like get it. Like seven or eight? Yeah, yeah, I just get it. I just got it on day one because I play monobots and then I was like, Oh, okay. Um, I, I mostly play yeah. Kong. <laughs> not doing this anymore. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, to give credence to some of the people that have raised, um, you know, negative opinions about, about the system, I won't, I won't really say. Well, they're right. I'll, the main thing I'll say is that a second dinner came out with a system that makes it very demotivating to attempt yes. to reach a high or prestigious rank. And that's obviously subjective um, unless you are supported by either content creation, some weird mm -hmm. drive to do it, you know, or you just love the game. But for me, not being a content creator, because uh, I've done, you know, I've done games for content and stuff and uh i don't get as pissed off when i lose if i'm streaming but if i'm by myself and it's saturday 11 a.m you know i'm trying to chill the sun's out <laughs> and then i have some liar. bad games oh, and God. i'm like holy and it pisses me off i'm like you know i'm probably gonna not be doing this with my saturday and grinding this ladder because i know that if i hit that rank because i've gotten to that point you know I've, I've reached high rank before and it's like if i hit that rank I know that it actually won't make me feel better, so it's not worth some of the negative emotion that would come <laughs> with it. Yeah, for sure. I think that's no, yeah. that's absolutely true. I ladder systems are just sort of fundamentally awful. Like I like the to to the people that play them. And I'm saying this as someone like like I said, I've been rank one on MTG Arena, mm -hmm. been Which, high ranked in Hearthstone, I've been high ranked in Runeterra, like I am someone who has made I would not be doing content creation if there weren't for ladder systems, right? Yeah. And I think you have to be a legit uh, sociopath to hit rank one in magic. Like, holy shit. It was bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was bad. But I I am of the opinion that they are generally just bad for the people playing the yeah. game. Mentally. One thing I'll say is that I love ladder as a way to measure yourself as a player. I think it's infinitely better than not having it because not having it makes the game yeah. feel pointless. Um, I love the opportunity to queue into and play against my friends. So when, you know, at higher ends of ladder in a more perfect system, you will get to play against players you recognize, you've played them in tournaments, you recognize them as content creators or your friends. Like that experience is really fun. I love that. I love that aspect um, of narrowing down the pool and like actually getting to play against people that I recognize have played before and there becomes another aspect of metagaming, etc. But just peering into the infinite void of what is 8,000 and then <laughs> it's just like... Um, it starts to stare back at you and you wonder if like if if that's really Hope what you want to and see the... no, no 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 i totally understand uh i do think there are people who are like coping right mm -hmm. but i think you're very clear-eyed about like look man this just ain't worth it mm -hmm. like i i think there are people though that genuinely think they deserve to be higher and the only reason they're not is because you know whatever whatever insert insert complaint here and I have a I have very little patience for that most of the time. And it's frustrating that this system is so bad that they have a point. Mm. Yeah, that sucks for me because I got, I, got, I got very little patience for people who think they deserve shit because we don't deserve a goddamn thing. They're like, Especially we don't deserve a deserve is, is like the least real concept in any card. Yeah, game, well, right? entitlement to a rank. So yes. Anything. I mean, the funniest uh, example, and we're going off the rails a little bit again, is in Flesh and Blood. It actually happens in Magic too. People who come away from a draft pod and will give you a bad B story and how the rest of the people in the draft pod fucked it up. It's 
hilarious. Yep. I, I promise you, if you play physical card games and you come up to me at an event and you start a bad beat story with how you the person to your left or right screwed up your draft pot, I will laugh in your face. It is the biggest. <laughs> it is the biggest cope possible. Everybody, I mean, like to some degree, everyone needs cope, right? Yeah. Like everyone needs something to get them through the day, and maybe there's nothing wrong with it. But I do think like what we deserve in card games is fucking nothing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you play like shit and you still win. Sometimes you play really good and you still lose. Yeah. That's that's if you don't want that to happen, go play another fucking game or go like chess, like chess. Right. So th this is the biggest counter argument to like people. I promise you, if you even if you go to a snap tournament, person, people are going to come up to you and talk about variants and they're going to get angry because yep. they lost. And like there's something very human about that. But what you need to remind people and we need to remind yourself when you are losing in a game of snap is that the reason that you enjoy the game and I promise this is it, the reason you enjoy it is because there's variants. If it if there was yep. Let, like if there was an there's it's subjective right so it's like is it 90 percent variance is 80 percent variance like you don't know where the line is but you figure when you end up on the other side of the line the one that doesn't go in your favor you get angry but the reason you enjoy the game is because of variance and if it wasn't because of that you would play a different game play something like chess you yep. get excited when you get things you there's don't like deserve it's like a classic dark main video that i think of all the time where he, he did his hearthstone one and mm -hmm. there's like this 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 clip from it where he goes like when i win I'm very good. That's very nice. I'm extremely talented. This was a skill game, a skill victory. But when I lose, it's fucking bullshit RNG. This game is so bad. Like, it, it's I, I'm not quoting it. I'm not doing it justice. But like, that is uh, fundamentally how people are. Yes. <laughs> like, so and like, I, I include myself in that. I, I like oh, every time I lose, I'm like, oh, I'm getting sniped. And, you know, I am some of the time, but probably not all the time. Right, like there's a, I'm probably wrong about a decent amount of them. It's cope. It's my cope. Everyone a, has cope. There's another layer on top of that, right? Which is uh, your actual enjoyment of games. So it's like if you win a game, you feel nothing. It's like the Christian Bale like stone face from Amer American <laughs> yeah. Psycho, and it's like the meme is that right next to it, you lose a game, the voices come back. Because <laughs> 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 that's what yeah. card games become, and like when you really get um, when you get your yeah, ego you really get ramped up and winning, to winning. Yeah. yeah, you're entitled to winning. Like you're just like that's what I do, and losing is a disruption of the natural order but oh. when when you win you don't feel anything because it's the natural order you expect it of yourself dude fuck you remind me of this guy dante delfica i used to test them in flesh and blood early tournaments and flesh and blood is a, definitely on the lower end of variance in terms of the spectrum of card games and um, dante would lose games and get really angry and like in person and it was like it was like borderline embarrassing it was oh dante did you deserve to win that oh is this like the con when someone actually verbalizes and thinks about the you concept tell me you tell me i remind you of that guy no you remind me of fuck me you. no fuck no <laughs> So you remind is, me of we're me. We're canceling the podcast. Me giving him the um the the pep talks he needed because like when you actually verbalize it to someone that the reason why they're angry is because they felt entitled to winning a card game is like the it's most pathetic. insane concept. They're like they're like oh I'm an idiot. You know I'm being a doofus yep. here. <laughs> As someone who has probably a hundred thousand salt messages on discords through various card <laughs> games, I've been the biggest fucking idiot in the world and it's why i'm so harsh on it now is because i don't want anyone else to have to deal with the shit that i brought on myself by getting mad at myself for losing card games mm -hmm. <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god there's another meme where it's like uh it's like somebody some some i don't know animal or something it's like throwing a piece of dice like a turtle or something and he's like card gamer is like favorable outcome please or something it's just like <laughs> the most insane it's just a weird little human thing that's going on anyway we suck the- we're so- yeah, the takeaway is that variance is why you enjoy the game. Honestly, the if you you have to appreciate that losing is actually why you enjoy the game as well. Just think about the Marvel Snap Infinite experience. Winning every single game, it sucks. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. So you have to you have to look at it holistic holistically to be able to enjoy it. Anyway, that was a that was a great um, a great tangent. I'm gonna close it out here. So if you're listening to the podcast and you enjoyed it. Number one thing you do to help us out is leave us a review. You know, app- do that on apple podcast or spotify this video version of this at youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot like subscribe over there i think we had two k subscribers off the glenn episode which is great twitter brandon apg km sms and km is streaming on twitch cam what is your streaming schedule mr future uh, it's 6 p.m every day eastern unless there's a complete dog shit hot location some of the time and then maybe it's conquest or maybe I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't even want to deal with this. Uh, or unless I completely screw my sleep schedule up and wake up at 5 p.m. like a real content creator. And then I stream later, but pretty much every day at this point. 5 p.m. Huh? I also have some a, a potentially very exciting sponsorship in the near future. Mm, definitely keep us posted. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week.